Welcome to Real Talk with Life After Grief, Chris, where we talk about relevant issues as it relates to individuals in grief as they navigate finances and the advisors who help them. We help clients in grief navigate financial matters. We also teach advisors how to emotionally and financially work with clients in grief through an unparalleled process. This week's episode is sponsored by Life After Grief Financial Planning and Life After Grief Consulting. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Real Talk with Life After Grief, Chris. In this episode, I am going to be discussing arguably the best avenue of progressing through grief. I call it giving back while in grief. Let me first share a story with you about my experience through giving while in grief. The year was roughly 2011 and it was about a year or so after the death of my paternal grandmother and about two years or so from my parents' deaths. I was in the midst of deep grief counseling at a group at my local church. And at the time, my wife decided to go on a medical missionary trip to Ghana. I decided to go after I thought about what I would be doing while my wife was in Ghana, having probably the most important experience of her life. And it would have been without me. My counseling group and my priests, they had long advised me that one of the best ways to progress through grief was to serve others. With a little bit hesitation, I went on the best vacation of my life. I call it vacation because it was complete bliss and I was just absolved in giving back to other people. And even though the accommodations were not that of a five-star quality hotel or resort, the experience was simply out of this world. And during this day, I had no medical experience. And again, I'd mentioned it was a medical missionary trip. I would serve as an assistant to the dentist for about eight days, eight very, very hot days. And to put things into perspective, this was a third world country and it had limited to no, you know, countrywide health care. And many of the folks whom we saw had damaged, rotted or complicated oral situations with their teeth. And the dentist advised me that most of the folks that we were going to see were going to have to have their teeth pulled. And uh, if we were back in the States, you know, we would have treated those folks in a normal fashion, uh, root canal, crowns, etc. But here, because they will likely have no other health care beyond this trip, pulling the infected teeth was the right thing to do for their long term health. I liken this to a similar situation to someone in the States living at or below the poverty level, you know, with no insurance. So if they go to a dentist office and they have an infected tooth and they have no way to continue oral health, they may just have the tooth pulled. So person after person ran through our little clinic and they were even lined up at the door and our clinic extended beyond myself and the dentist. Again, I mentioned my wife went with us and or I went with my wife, I should say. And there were doctors and there were also other nurses, you know, administering basic health screening for folks. Our clinic was situated next door to our hotel where we stayed and our hotel had armed guards so we would be protected during our stay. Not that Ghana is a violent country, but you know, Americans coming in to the country, they, you know, sometimes could perceive us a different way. And so while we were in Ghana, we probably saw, I don't know, 150 to 200 people, most of whom were waiting in line to get dental care. 
And like I said, uh, my wife was in a different area administering health screening with some other nurses and doctors. And during our downtime, this is you know where I learned so much and put my situation in perspective. You know, we did get to travel the country a little bit. And I did notice some stark contrast to the way things were back in the U.S. For starters, the people were a lot shorter and they were a lot slimmer. And I, you know, as we progressed, I kind of found out why uh, that was the case. And I was by far the tallest man at six feet. And the meats and the fish, uh, they were a lot more lean than the ones back in the U.S. And as we were traveling the countryside, I noticed that the cows and the chickens were substantially smaller than anything that I'd ever seen in the U.S., but they were still very healthy. And everyone we encountered, you know, they were very appreciative of the service we bestowed upon them. I was very appreciative of them allowing us to come. Um, I thought the gratitude, you know, went really both ways. And then everyone stopped us and they talked to us. And, um, you know, we were really able to see how life was on a, in a different country with people of lesser means. And they were still really happy. And again, that put my situation in perspective. And specifically to the point about grief, we were able to see how life was celebrated in the form of ritualistic street parties for the passing of a loved one. I remember driving and we saw this, it must have been a hundred people dancing in the street and it was a funeral procession. You know, most folks don't have cars. And so it was just in a small town as we were driving through and uh, they were celebrating life. And it was really, really nice to see. And I was also able to visit the slave castle that was at the center point of the transatlantic slave trade. And it was humbling to know that many of my ancestors may have traveled and died here some 400 years ago. This was a truly humbling experience and somewhat minimized the grief that I had recently experienced. The most eye-opening thing that I saw was a young boy playing. He couldn't have been more than 9 or 10 at the time. This young man had limited means but was still very happy. Instead of having toys, he used what he had in the terms of natural resources as an entertainment source. He managed to catch a fly, some sort of a flying bug, and he put it on a stick and tied it to a string. And I'll never forget, he called his fly on a stick entertainment. And he was just kind of walking his fly around or his bug around that you know was flying uh, as it was like a dog on a leash. It, it, was, it, it was outstanding. I was like, man, I wish I would have thought about you know doing that when I was his age. The impact we made on the folks in Ghana was immeasurable. I lost myself in helping people. I suddenly realized that as bad as my situation was, other people have experienced far worse. You know, I got to experience good health and longevity, you know, in regards to having my parents who were remotely healthy and the folks that we encountered, a lot of them um, had health issues, you know, most of their lives. And it was on this trip I stopped wallowing in self-pity and I realized my calling on earth was much, much more. It was also on this trip I realized that giving back while in grief was a powerful healing source. And the citizens of Ghana really, you know, looked up to us because we had so many advantages. And that really put things in perspective for me. 
And like I said, uh, this was a very humbling experience that I still carry with me to this day. The friendships that I made, you know, on that trip are ones that will last a lifetime. Before I get, you know, all mushy, I want to point out a few key elements of this trip that really helped me through grief. And I think it goes without saying that I gave implicitly and without ulterior motives. And the formal information that I'm about to talk about comes from the hospice organization VITAS and pathwayshelp.org, which is also a hospice organization. So volunteering is very, very good for the soul. Volunteering is good for the mind and body. There have been studies that have shown that volunteering your time to a good cause can improve mental well-being and overall happiness. In a study commissioned by the United Health Group, the majority of survey participants reported feeling both physically and mentally healthier after a volunteer experience. Most of the participants cited mood improvement, lower stress levels, and enriched sense of purpose and just feeling better as a result of volunteering. And again, I got this information from the UnitedHealthGroup.com website, specifically the aspect about volunteering. There was a volunteering study. There's another study, and in this study, the health benefits of volunteering, the Corporation for National Community Service revealed that volunteering improves self-esteem, reduces high blood pressure, increases endorphin production, and enhances the immune system. And I got this information from the nationalservice.gov website. I can tell you every time that I go and volunteer as a hospice volunteer, I feel all of this stuff that I just kind of explained to you. It's almost like I have an out-of-body experience and whatever's going on in my life, it's kind of put on a shelf. I come back to it, you know, after I'm done volunteering. It puts things in perspective for me. And then also giving back as a way to honor a loved one. You know, volunteering has become a way for me to honor my mother, my father, and, you know, my paternal grandmother, and, you know, my son. And, you know, specifically, my mother was a hospice patient, and I remember how good they treated my mother. And I consciously think about that, you know, every time that I'm volunteering, and I put the person first, and whatever they want or need, it is, you know, paramount, and it is first. And so it's a very, very good feeling on, you know, both sides of the house. And then, you know, volunteering is it's a way to get your mind off of, you know, your own grief. And, you know, by helping others in the community, volunteering gives you a chance to step back, see the world as something bigger than yourself. And at least for a moment, you know, push back your grief and take a reprieve from your own suffering. If only for a little while, you can immerse yourself in something fulfilling and take your mind off of your own grief. And honestly, you deserve this break. So I would recommend taking it. And I I explained this on a very large scale, you know, with regard to my trip to Ghana. And while you're volunteering, I want to make careful to mention that through volunteering, you're not getting away from your grief. What you are doing is you are taking a 30,000 foot view of your own situation and you're kind of seeing what else is happening out in the world and it makes you feel good and all the health benefits you know that go along with volunteering so you can find volunteering things to do specifically you know helping other folks there's a number of ways 
any of the hospice organizations, and I have a podcast all on hospice, hospice.org. You can find information about volunteering in your church, school, you know, there are any number of things. And I can tell you that every time I volunteer, I feel really, really good about, you know, what I'm doing. And there's, there's tons of um, services that, you know, you can volunteer for. With that, you know, I'm going to wrap up the podcast and I really appreciate, you know, all of my listeners and I hope this information was very valuable. And again, I will, you know, post uh, the information to the websites here and specifically some of the information that I cited. And I want to say thank you for listening. And if you would, I would love for you to say something, you know, about the podcasts, you know, that you've been listening to. So you can give me a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, uh, or you can send me an email. I would love to have the information and I would love to have information that you want to hear or any guest on any upcoming podcast. Thanks and see you on the next episode. listening to our podcast. If you are a client and are looking to work directly with me, Chris, and or my firm, head on over to Life After Grief FP. That is Life After Grief FP. The FP is for financial planning.com. If you are an advisor looking to emotionally and financially work with your client in grief, or if you are a client looking to get your advisor's head in the game, head on over to lifeaftergriefconsulting.com. That is lifeaftergriefconsulting.com. Any information referenced in this week's podcast will be located here in the podcast section. And as always, please feel free to share this week's podcast with any friend, family member, or colleague. Thanks for listening. See you next week on the next episode.